Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, the homos talk show, week 117. I'm Aaron Mack, and I'm here with my good friend. Everybody introduce yourself, starting with Differently Capable. What up, what up? Everybody is your favorite disabled person in the world, Mr. <laughs> Differently Capable. How are you? Excellent. And who else do we have here, Shy? Hey, people, this is Shy. And who else, Chrissy? Hi, everyone, it's Chrissy. And, and this is Lamont. How y'all doing? Wonderful. All right, so let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Week 117. Social Society, and it's coming from our friend at Talk to Spirit, and she is an Instagrammer. Now, the first question that we all will answer in that order, differently capable, shy, Chrissy, Lamont, is how can you convince your partner, your significant other, to go to therapy? differently capable conversation when when you think that uh a person or you, or you and your partner need uh, to seek counseling or uh seek and that they need to work through and i think it's all about conversation when it comes into relationships. All right. And Shai? Um, she's not easy to convince. <laughs> so we'll yes definitely. Yes, partnered. Huh? I said yes for being partnered. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's really not easy to convince, but um. She's pretty aware of herself, so I probably wouldn't have to convince her to do anything, but I'm sure it would be an open discussion either way. All right, Chrissy. Um, how would you convince them? Um, definitely have a conversation uh, about um, whatever consistent problems are there. Um, and, you know, uh, just say, hey, I think this is something that you should address for yourself so that we can be able to communicate effectively with one another. All right. And Lamont. Yeah, so I am a gay dating coach, and I work with gay men, particularly with couples, all the time whenever they have issues. So I would probably say if you are trying to convince your partner to seek some counseling, talk about like some of the challenges that are coming on that he's experiencing or she's experiencing, like the negative stuff that really is messing up their life, whether it's money, physical health, like other relationships, like identify that. But then also talk about like what could be the benefit. Like, hey, if you do this, you might be able to feel better about yourself or our relationship will be better like and you want me to stick around so like talk about like the benefits i think that'll help out all right 
and the next part of the same topic. How far into a relationship can you suggest that your significant other needs therapy for a trauma they experienced, perhaps a childhood trauma? In other words, when do you have the right to tell your partner that you think they need therapy? Differently capable? Okay, that's, we talk talking about partner. So as a partner, I think is when that person starts opening up to you and it gives he gives you the opportunity. He or she gives you the opportunity to speak on that topic of they're telling you that they're asking you for advice. So one advice is if they're asking you is to give them a good advice and if they need help, then you should be able to and open to let them know. It's like, hey, I care. Then you should definitely go seek some help. All right, and shy. Um, I feel like some some of those topics should be talked about in the beginning because what if someone doesn't want to subject themselves to your shit? You know. Just got to talk about it beforehand. Most people do start off as friends. Um, so if you feel open enough to share that sort of information with your friend beforehand, I think it'll be easier to transition and help that person along in the relationship. All right. And Chrissy? Um, I agree with you, Shai. Uh, communicating that in the dating stage um, that's something, you know, if that's something that you recognize early on when you're first dating someone, that they might have some issues, then, um, you know, if, of course, if you're interested in getting to know the person, just kind of highlight, you know, this, this seems like it might be an issue. Um, you know, if they don't want to talk about it with you or be vulnerable with you, then definitely suggest right, right away as soon as you start seeing those issues. Yeah, I agree with Christine also and with Shay. So I think a lot of people don't talk about their stuff because they're afraid of being judged, especially when you're dating somebody, you're just getting to know them. You're like, can I trust this person with my, with my shit, right? Like, can I, can I trust you? I think if you notice some things about your partner, instead of like having a visceral reaction, like and judging the person, ask like three questions about it like genuinely try to get to know what's going on. I bet you if you try that, the person will open up and feel more like open and they will trust you with some of the secrets within their heart. And then you can be like, yeah, thank you for sharing, you know, with me. Have you ever thought about getting some support or how can I support you in that? Like you got to be really proactive. I feel like. All right. And the last part of this question is, at what point into your there refusing to go to therapy? Do you simply accept it as just the cost of admission for dating this person and just deal with the better parts of them? And when would you leave? Differently capable, you're up first. Uh, don't get it wrong. I'm really dating, uh, 
regretting this topic because I haven't been in a relationship in over seven years. So it's like in my last relationship, it, it that was a big problem that we had the communication to speak about the issues that we had. But when we said about getting help, he never wanted to. So, so when it came to that point, it I just I don't know how far and how much they can handle, how much can get too far into thinking that I was doing things wrong. And then I was the one on getting attacked. That's when things got worse and I just go because there was nothing that I could say uh, to go and get and seek help. So yeah, for, I, I, I got, I had, I have enough patience to stay long enough, but some people don't. And sometimes you got to see the signals when they really don't want to change and they really don't want to do something to better themselves All or right. their relationship. All right. And Shai? Um, you can't really make a person do something. Like, they're going to do it when they're tired of being in their situation, whether you press on the issue or not. Um, I wouldn't just leave the situation, though. Like, that's a bit. <laughs> like, not right, not right away anyway. But if it's actually... Um, damaging like detrimental type shit then I probably had to do but I wouldn't just up and leave because some people deal with things um differently they process things differently maybe they needed a little more time maybe they're just realizing they still had some type of trauma that they didn't deal with um yeah I wouldn't just leave though all right Chrissy I agree with both uh, Differently Capable and Shy. Um, yeah, I, I, I find it hard to just abandon someone if they have issues. Uh, but on, a, on a, another hand, I believe that establishing healthy boundaries will help you to make the best choices um, when it comes to something like a, a toxic partner, you know, a partner who becomes toxic or, um, you know, uh, has you in an unhealthy mental space. So um, leaving sometimes is difficult to do for yourself, uh, even though it's, it's difficult. Um, that's, a, that's a really difficult decision to make. Um, but, you know, that's the point when you would want to, or I would want to leave is if it became um, detrimental to my mental health. All right. And Lamont? Yeah, so I have left some toxic relationships. I have like, like, you know what? I can't deal with this. This is too much. I think it's okay if, like, if it's unhealthy, the person doesn't want to change, it is okay to pack your bags and leave. Um, it was a Jennifer Lewis said, if you stay in shit long enough, you stop smelling shit, right? <laughs> so <laughs> get out of it. I think sometimes people get into relationships and they're like, oh, I can fix her. I can, I can make her better. And it's like, that's not your job in a relationship. It's your job is to support your partner. Your, your job is to take care of you first and then support your partner. And if your partner doesn't want to get the help that he or she needs and you're trying to support them, 
it is okay to, you know, let's just be friends and just move on. Mm -hmm. All right, now, there it is. All right. So this next topic, next topic is called From Pen Pals to Zoom Pals. And it's coming from edtechmagazine.com. Now, imagine a world, and this is going to Chrissy. So the order for this topic will be Chrissy, Shy, Lamont, and Differently Capable, okay? Chrissy, Shy, Lamont, Differently Capable. So this topic is, imagine a world where 51%, i.e. most, of the K through 12 kids did online homeschool full time with select in-person gatherings for team practices and rehearsals for like the choir. Now, after reaching state-sponsored funding, bringing the gap of the digital divide at bridging huh, the gap of the digital divide and cost of online K through 12 schooling down. It could limit the struggles of living in a poor school district. Now, might this also help with long-term international connections among students? And imagine not only pen pals like we had in school, but international Zoom visual pals. Now, the next part, if you were a K through 12 kid today and your family presented you with an option to such an opportunity, might you try it? Why and why not? And what else would be needed to be done to ensure that students are still well-rounded? Chrissy? Um, I think the that- The first question that we'll answer is, might this also help with long-term international connections among students? Imagine pen pals to Zoom pals. Um, yes, I think it would. Um, and if I were a K through 12 student, I would definitely opt to um, take school online 100% of the time. Um, uh, and that's just going from like personal experiences um, from when I was in school, I can recall when I was in school, um, I grew up in a poor, in the projects. I grew up in a poor neighborhood. Um, uh, we couldn't afford the internet, you know, um, and, and, and back when it first came out, um, just is when it, I think, I believe I was in like the third or the fourth grade, we were trying to, you know, put the commands in and everything like that. So, Technology has come a long way um, since uh, I've been in K through 12. Um, but if I were a student today, most definitely, uh, I would most definitely be open to having international Zoom pals. Um, I think the best way to learn about another culture of, of people or um, learn about differences um, is, is talking to people that are different from you 
Um, and you can't just fly to another country if you're if you come from a poor neighborhood or if your parents come from a, a poor neighborhood. So um, um, I, I think online schooling is, is less expensive than having to commute or having to bus children to school. Um, uh, and um, that's what I would opt to to do is take classes 100%. All right, so that was actually all of the questions for it. So next up is Shy. What are your um, thoughts? Do I think it would help with like meeting kids international and stuff? Yeah, for the younger kids, I definitely think it would help. For the for the older students, they're already doing that. Like they're already communicating with people all across the world. The internet is very effective for that type of thing nowadays so um yeah i pretty much think it'll be cool um but i choose to yeah i guess i don't know sometimes i like human interaction but only like when i want to so i guess i'd be cool with doing online online schooling when i was when i had online college classes i didn't really like it i would prefer to be like in a classroom but Nowadays, I I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really care. I like being in the house now, anyway. All right, and Lamont. Yeah, so I, I am a parent, and so what? One of one of them, um, one of the kids likes, you know, in person. The other one hates it. So I really think it's about like your personality. Like, if you're a person who's like, oh, I just like to read the book, do the test, be done, play my video games, cool. Others like, no, I need to text somebody. I need to be like in their face, get to know mm -hmm. them. It can be a struggle. So mm -hmm. I think it really depends. But I think overall, it really kind of evens out the playing field if people have internet access. You can literally be who you are. You don't have to worry about you know, clothes. I guess you can like dress up on Zoom. But it just makes us more connected as a world if we're able to do virtual, you know, learning, interaction. I think it would probably help better with um, less racism or like it would increase more interracial dating because people will have the opportunity to experience people's world outside of their neighborhood. So I think I'm, I'm a proponent for it. All right. And differently capable. Um, yes. So when it comes to uh, online education, uh, first off, I just finished school and I, half of my last two semesters was all online. Um, not everybody and, and exactly not every children that uh, that's had done online studies actually like it, enjoy it, or actually works for them. So I do believe in the whole idea face-to-face -face with, with students, but there are students that are able to participate with the online schooling and they work perfectly fine with that. So if students are able to do that, 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 that means that this has been a form of test to try to find a different way to be able to reach students at home, to be able to teach these kids and educate them properly. When it comes to um, pen pals, I believe that's a, a magnificent idea. Completely. We're already doing it through all through social media. We're connecting with people all around the world through social media. So showing kids or introducing kids to other the kids from around the world that are trying to learn from 
different cultures, from different religions, different ethnicities, it's a perfect idea. Hey, it's it's less than waiting for seven to ten days from from a letter from someone across the world. Then, you know, doing that through Zoom. All right, very true. And this topic is called the homos meet me on the moon. Meet me on the moon. A song by Phyllis Hyman, coming from sohh.com and space.com. Now, both Elon Musk, Tesla, and Jeff Bezos, Amazon are developing methods of commercial travel into outer space under $300,000. Now, this led Aaron Mack to think about how a at a certain height of wealth and education, it tends to be more about the money and less about any xenophobia of any kind. Now, as in Phyllis Hyman's song, Meet Me on the Moon, might outer space become a liberal, open-minded oasis for same-gender loving people and anyone not quite inside Earth's societal standards? And if you had, a if you had definitive proof of it being a beautiful, loving oasis for all with nice properties that you could afford might you build a life out there why and why not now before those two questions fun little factoid entrepreneur rick ross is already week 117 And you're now tuning into what? The Homos Talk Show on Verse TV. Mr. Differently Capable. Hey, Chrissy. I hail from Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, everybody. This is Chef. This is Lamont. How y'all doing? Right here on Verse TV. Week 117. Right here on Verse TV. Week 117.